0: I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. And I'm sitting here on Capitol Hill. Well, it's a long, long journey to the capital city. It's a long, long wait while I'm sitting in committee. But I know I'll be a law someday. At least I
1: hope and pray that I will. But today I am still just a bill.
0: Hello there and welcome to What's the Story with USA 2020, a podcast from Ireland full of questions about the American presidential election. My name is Jeff Pagano.
2: And I am still Kigo.
0: And we've decided to give up half an hour of our lives once a week between now and election day, partly to chat about how the American political system works and partly about all the craziness that's going on there these days. Have you been, Kigo?
2: Not too bad. Not too bad. Worried about pubs opening, worried about people getting too close to each other. But, you know, same old, same old. How about yourself?
0: Uh, it's pretty much the same. It's a daily, we wait every, every day at six o'clock. The news comes out of the new cases and, uh, and we, you know, we, we give our reaction, it's, it's it's more important to us now than the weather report. And that's, that's pretty serious coming from Ireland, you know, but um, anyway, listen, speaking of speaking of COVID uh, decided this was pretty much a good week to, um, to talk about the American response. So if, if we'll crack on and I'll I'll do my little Jeff Spainer and uh, we'll see how we're going from there. Okay. Number 11. What's the story with the U S COVID-19 response? I remember a simpler time, when everybody thought 2016 was the worst calendar year on record. It wasn't just the political upheavals like Trump's election and the Brexit vote, but also a host of celebrities seemed to pass away before 2017 came around. We thought it couldn't possibly get any worse until 2020 said, hold my beer. We have all heard the stories about how this pandemic started, but when your house is on fire, you have to put it out before you start worrying about the source. And at very least, there will be embers continuing to smolder no matter where you are until a safe vaccine has been both found and widely distributed. Over half a year into the crisis, each country's status is less about its origins and more about how they handled it. So, with the U.S. election also taking place this year, you could almost say Mother Nature was giving President Donald Trump one final test before he had to face the voters. He certainly seems to think it's all about him, though it has to be said His approval ratings back in January were higher than ever, mostly thanks to continued growth in the economy, making a second term appear very possible at the time. But then along came the Rona. Literally as I was typing this, news was breaking of a book by legendary political journalist Bob Woodward, which suggests Trump's told him back in February he knew just how bad the virus was, but we can discuss that later. Going by the president's public speaking at the very start, he would have us believe it was never going to reach the USA at all. He even tried to suggest that once he stopped a single cruise liner from landing in an American port, he could keep the virus out of the country altogether. Then we had a dozen or so confirmed U.S. cases. Now he was saying that the number would somehow magically return back to zero. Instead, it kept climbing and climbing. We have to assume that he was being told about the need for widespread testing, mask wearing, social distancing, and heaven forbid, for a complete lockdown long before anything was ever done about it. I've argued in a previous Jeff Splainer that I don't think he ever really wanted the job as U.S. President, and if that's true, this is the very type of situation he would not have wanted responsibility for. Not only were the deaths from the disease going to be forever linked with the words on Trump's watch, but the prospect of lockdown meant that in all likelihood the gains in the U.S. economy, whether artificially created or not, were going to be wiped out. So what did he do? Well, a task force was formed, which was headed up by Vice President Mike Pence. And around the end of January, they did begin to hold daily briefings, including key figures like immunology experts, Dr. Tony Fauci and Ambassador Deborah Birx. But those briefings soon descended into farce, mostly because Trump liked to stand at the podium to make it appear he was in control. And eventually they were abandoned when he started to talk about the possibility of ingesting bleach to keep the virus away. Meanwhile, there was a different story going on behind the scenes. Apparently, on the advice of his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, Trump chose to leave the governors of the 50 states to deal with the situation within their own borders. The biggest problem with that is that people tend to travel across those interstate borders quite a lot. And so we had six months of 50 different states experiencing varying levels of the infection spread, fighting with each other over equipment, coming up with different types of solutions, all while the man at the top insisted everything was going perfectly. At the time of writing, the death toll has reached 190,000 souls. He even finds a way to defend that by suggesting it would be over 2 million were it not for him. Clearly, a unified approach is what's needed, and I'm hoping a President Joe Biden would bring that following the advice of the experts around him. One worry I do have is about what might happen should Biden win during the period of transition between Election Day on November 3rd and Inauguration Day on January 20th. Trump would still be president for that time, and going by the current death rates, if his non-policies kept going, that could result in another 80,000 casualties. Sorry to end on such a negative note, but this is way too serious to ignore. Hopefully something can be done during that time.
2: It reads like some sort of post apocalyptic film starring Bruce Willis. (laughs) It's frightening that this is welcome
0: to the party, pal.
2: Yeah, it's unbelievable. You kind of think about um, uh, El Presidente being a big businessman and he had an opportunity to use uh, now not that he likes the words together, but collective bargaining. He could have gone to China and said, Here's 50 billion zillion dollars, give us all the gear you have, you know, and that obviously wouldn't stop a he wouldn't stop the virus, but certainly slows it down, takes pressure off, ICUs and all this sort of stuff. But instead he just decided to, to uh, abdicate responsibility. And that's mm-hmm. whether it's on a sporting field or in an office or in the biggest chair in the land, it's not a good trait to have. But again, uh, we shouldn't really be surprised at, uh, at, at anything you know there's a, a lot of things have happened in the last week and and again I don't think anyone is surprised. He set the bar so low but he had an opportunity and it wasn't even higher level economics it wasn't anything crazy. it was get the 50 lads, 50 people on a zoom call and say listen we're gonna we're gonna get together and bargain as a one big unit. And we're going to go and try uh, and work the workforce, work the work the world to get what we want. That's what politics is. Yeah. And actively avoided it and then flung you-know-what at people who couldn't manage the problem. Yeah.
0: No, I, I mean, if anything, I was being kind to him in that uh, in that piece because I was leaving out a lot of things. I mean, I, I, I tried to keep them brief, but there were things like um, – I, I said that he was uh, letting the 50 states fend for themselves, but he was kind of favoring Republican states – uh-huh. So in the ba- you know in the background um, he was helping them out so he could look back and say well look how the republican states are doing better than because that's how that, that's how CEOs tend to work uh-huh. you know in their businesses they got the, they got all their sort of vice presidents in their departments and there's ones they want to do better than others at certain times there's politics going on within things, and that's all fine within a company but when it's a country um, it's a, it's a different story you know and uh, he's always 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 thinking about the election and it's what's going to help him in the election, and that's the that's the advice Kushner gave him, which he obviously listened to. Let the Democrat states burn; we can we can slag off their their governors, and it'll help us um, in when when it comes to November. It's when you're talking about something like this, when it should be all bets are off. We're in this together, kind of thing. He's just not the man for the job.
2: No, hundred percent. And it's you know, like we said a couple of weeks ago, business should be part of government. It shouldn't be government because it's not a business you know, there are certain things that are going to be lost leaders, whether it's running a bus service from the middle of nowhere to get people into cities or providing PPE, masks and everything to every single person in the land. No one should be more important than others. But the problem is everywhere, even here in our little place, part of the world, you know, it all depends on who you know, what you have in the bank and all this sort of stuff. It's it's The world is in a dodgy spot and he is just the uh, the biggest example of what what could be and what is happening where you value human lives over others and it's just it's it's absolutely rotten especially when it could have been uh, managed you're never going to manage a virus but you could have worked ahead planned ahead to try and take pressure off our hospitals and things like that now that's one of the things we did in the beginning stages politics aside we did quite well we, we did lock down I know it's easy to lock down a small country but we were locked down and that was in order to take pressure off icus now our cases are up we what 307 yesterday mm. now you know in relative terms that's that's massive for us uh you know in florida they beg for that they murder for that but it's just it's 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 the virus is kind of the the main thing but the the thing for me above that is it's making certain people value lives more than others and that is just so scummy it's it's beyond belief but again we're not surprised
0: no i mean it's the um i mean it was the whole the way he plays into dividing people it's, hmm. d it's division is this thing, so he he set himself up in such a way there um whereas if if you if you're talking about lockdowns, then you want people to lose their jobs you want the economy to fail. You want it's you know he's like he he's going out saying and the schools as well. Oh, I yeah. want the schools to open. I want the businesses to open. I want I don't want small businesses. So he flips it. That makes it sound like the well the Democrats they just want to shut the whole thing down and make me look bad. And mm. that's it's it's like he's he's making both sides' argument for them because he's got his supporters only listening to him. So yeah. um when it's it's just so dangerous for something like this. I mean it it. You, you don't want to be over dramatic, but there's actually this does actually cost lives when you when you play this wrong and um it's it, at least we were we were lucky enough i mean not everything was done perfectly here but not everything was done perfectly anywhere and pretty much when this started every government hundreds of governments all over the world had a free pass for this because we didn't yeah. know there were there were ideas we had ideas how to how to handle a pandemic but the thing you can't just say this is how to run a pandemic there's no playbook because you don't know what the mm. bloody virus is yeah you know what i mean so everyone had a free pass but it's just the way he's done it it's it, it just it, he, he made it himself he made it about himself and that's that's what's uh, done it more than anything else
2: yeah, and, and again, we keep saying it, we're not surprised. And the people around him are not surprised. The American people are not surprised. This is not, you know what I mean? To them, it, it's just another thing that he's done. You know, if, if something happens in the next kind of month or so that, you know, he discover, America discovers an oil well in the middle of Oklahoma, this whole thing is forgotten about, you know what I mean? With all due respect to our brothers and sisters in Oklahoma. Um, but, you know, it's that fickle. And, um, you know, the, the, the thing that's starting to happen around the world now is people are outwardly uh, putting out signals that, oh, I've had enough of this virus now. You know, I'm over it. You know, I'm, 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 pubs should open. We should be allowed to congregate again.
0: COVID fatigue.
2: Exactly. And look, yeah. no one's enjoying this, whether you're a millionaire or broke, everyone is getting touched by it. And, uh, and he is taking advantage of that saying, look, I, I'm basically, I'm valuing income and money over a human life. I'm willing to sacrifice a certain amount of people to get businesses back open. And it's starting to creep in around the world, you know, this kind of weird scummy thinking. So, you know, it, again, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to see, uh, how public, how loud Biden is and how he would deal with it, what he wants to do. Uh, is he going to make masks mandatory everywhere? Is he going we- you know, to wear the mask all the time? We have Pelosi walking through, like you said last week, getting her hair done, not wearing a mask, getting found out she should have known better. It's just the whole thing is getting to be a diehard film. Mm. And it, it, it's, it's getting to be a bit of a struggle to sit through a lot of this stuff.
0: Oh, yeah, totally. It's um, I mean, you just don't know what's... Uh, like you had this book, uh, like I was saying in the piece, uh, it, the the news was literally breaking as I was writing it. Um, this guy, Bob Woodward, he was one of the guys who um, uncovered uh, Nixon's wrongdoings way back in the day. Uh, there was a movie, uh, All the President's Men. So he was played by Robert Redford and the other guy was played by Dustin Hoffman, the two, two journalists for the Washington Post. He's still there today. He did a book on uh, Trump. Um, I think it was a year ago, two years ago, called uh, Fear, and um, he asked Trump to be involved in that. He wasn't. Trump didn't like the book, so he went to Trump and said, "Well, listen, if I do another book, do you want to be part of it?" And uh, he agreed. He did. He did an 18 interviews in total, so he's got the interviews on tape. He's got. Um, he's got him saying, uh, "So you can have a timeline. So you see, this interview was on, say, February the seventh, and Trump is saying." oh, yes, this is a deadly disease. It's really serious. It's worse than flu. And then you got on February the 10th and going in front of a microphone saying, oh, this is nothing to worry about. Um, sure The flu kills more people. He's almost, you can almost put the yeah, two yeah. side by side. And it's... um. it's it's really it's really hitting home but again like anything else like this this is how we play it because you know we we know we know what happened when the tape came out just before the 2016 election about grabbing women by the whatever so Mm. um it was you know that you know you when when i heard that it was like well he's done he's done this is over that's done and that's what i thought at the time those were that was such like i said 2016 was a much simpler time um it was it's, it's, it's like you just don't know what he he says himself he could literally shoot someone on Fifth Avenue and nothing would happen to him and you and the more time goes on the more you believe it.
2: Yeah no I think I, I think that the difference though is that it, when he was talking in 2016 he was talking about celebrity and I don't know what it's like to be a celebrity you kind of imagine life is different and all so it is a little bit further away from the nine to five kind of life that we we all live. Whereas now with this with this virus it's touching it's literally getting closer and closer to every single person, regardless of income, regardless of race, religion, all this sort of stuff, it's it's it is literally touching everybody. And so now when you start seeing that and it's gotta be made a big deal of where on February in February he says this, ten days later he says this. It's the complete opposite. This is what you're voting for. And you yeah. kind of put it back on back on the electorate saying, look, this is who you're voting for, this is what you're voting for. You know, phrase it better, obviously, this is why I'm not in politics, but you're kind of going, are you really that dumb? Mm. Now, if the answer is yes, then there's no, there's no defeat in that amount of dumbness. But you've, it's got to be in neon everywhere, mentioned everywhere, in every site, every news channel. And it's up to him then to come back and try and defend it.
0: Absolutely. And he's got other things to defend as well. There's, um, there was a story in the Atlantic uh, paper uh, last week, you may have heard, where uh, they got reports from sources um, that were – see, this is what's always dodgy about these things. They say sources close to the president. Mm. So they, they th- there's no names. These people aren't willing to put their names to it. But they, they're still – it's still corroborated by a lot of people uh, saying that he was calling uh, military people who died, um, you know, casualties of war, uh, suckers
2: and losers. Yeah. That's on top of my list here to yeah. talk about. Yeah. So
0: um, there, there was that. But I think the key element of that was that Fox News um, mm. supported it. So that, that, that didn't help him. Of course, he went straight on Twitter and said that that journalist should be fired. Um, so of course, of course he did, and but he's
2: done the, he's done that before though. Like when yeah. when McCain was going at him, he was like, you know, if I was in war, I wouldn't have been caught. And it's like, yeah. would you stop? You know what I mean? Like it, this is not new behavior again. So like you know, I don't know how many times you can you can urinate with the wind blowing towards you without getting surprised that you're going to get wet. Like it it's the same thing over and over again, and it's repeated behavior. Yeah. Again, another thing that should be shouted at. But.
0: Well, we say this every week, but it's like, it's, it, it, there might be a whole question over whether or not he did it. But the one question you have to ask, can you see him saying this? And absolutely, even the most diehard Trump supporter is lying if they don't say, yes, I could totally see this man saying to a, to a former general, a guy who works for him, he's in his cabinet at the graveside of the, of the man's son, saying I don't get it what's in it for them actually turn into him in that moment when he's commemorating at his son's grave mm. who's in what what's, I don't get it what's in it for them why did they why did they join the army this is someone who who dodged the draft because of the supposed bone spurs you know what i mean himself it's just you you literally could not make it up he's a he's he's a fictional character in real form you know it's 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 it's, it's frightening
2: uh, and, and i think the only thing he can hang on to in this case is um no one's going to put their name to this one. But again, there's tapes of him saying that there's no doctoring of tapes or anything like that. And even still, you know, uh, people are willing to vote for him. So, you know, back in the day, you kind of go, okay, well, that's based on the candidate he's up against who may or may not be the most unlikable person on the planet. That's a separate issue. Uh, We actually covered it a few episodes back. Everyone check out the Hillary special. (laughs) But, um, the you know, Biden needs to play this uh, he needs to, like we've said a hundred times, he needs to speak to everyone uh, and you're saying he's, he's been good at that over the years, but he, he has to make a massive point of speaking to absolutely everybody, uh, whether whether you wear a red tie, a blue tie, whether you work nine to five or you're unemployed or any and in between. And if he can do that and then he can start bringing in these things like this is what your current president thinks of you. This is what your current president thinks of the virus. This is what your current president thinks of everything. What do you think of him now? Mm. And then send them to the polls with that question in mind. Not like I'm voting out. Uh, It's a weird thing in politics where you almost vote. People vote to keep people out as opposed to voting someone in. So if you can change the question a wee bit and say, look, this this is him. This is ABC all the way down to Z. Do you want this? In your in your office, take me off the out, of the out of the equation for a sec. In terms of Biden, you know, but this is who you're voting for, and all of a sudden they go, Genie Mac, maybe maybe the other fella's not so bad, you know. Yeah,
0: that's kind of how it's going. Um, And just looking at the polls. Speaking of polls, um, the national number. This sort of an average of all the all the different polls that have been taken over the past while. Biden has a lead of seven point six, which is quite big. If he turns, if that, if that, we've said that how the popular vote doesn't win you necessarily the election. But if he has, if if he wins the popular vote by seven point six points mm. um he will win the electoral college that's 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 pretty much a given um but of course you know like we always say this a lot can happen last monday was labor day uh labor mm. day is is i think it's the old, it's the nearest america has america has to a bank holiday they they did take monday off they're supposed to honor the workers but uh, of course there wasn't much of that going on it was all like trump and uh trump with his usual like riots here and covid there and uh all this kind of stuff going on but um, Still, the polls, the polls are starting to getting more serious now between now and the election because generally after Labor Day, that's when the campaign really kicks into gear. So you got Biden leading 7.6 uh, nationally. I just had a look at a few of the key states as well. He's up in Michigan and Wisconsin, the states that he lost in 2016, or the Democrats lost. Um, he's up by seven as well in both Wisconsin with all that's happened there in the last few weeks, that's significant. And Biden was in Michigan yesterday doing a speech um, he reacted to this uh, uh, Woodward story. He was, he hit his mark. He was, he was kind of a bit angry. He, um, <clears throat> he, you know, he was saying, how oh, this is ridiculous. And he wasn't afraid. This was a good thing about it. The, the stories haven't been corroborated yet. And the story hadn't broke, but he didn't hesitate. You were talking about play, playing Trump as a, at his own game. And, and this is what he was doing. He was talking as if it was true. It's disgusting. No. It's disgraceful. It was this. It was this. Talking about it as if it happened, even though it hasn't been corroborated. But so what? Hit your mark anyway. Get your punches in anyway. You know, if it comes out later, so what? You know, Trump has said loads of things about people that didn't uh, didn't exactly. Yeah, right it's, it's, it's,
2: uh, it's dirty boxing. You've got to do it. You know, unfortunately, you've got to do it. It's, yeah. it's dirty boxing. So, you know, and especially when it's so fresh and, uh, you know, it, it was, it was right of him to do that, even though it is a bit, but you do have to do it, uh, especially when you're you're in there with with your man, who's going to just start making stuff up. So if you've got to be a little bit dirty, be dirty, but then, you know, after this is over, if he wins, he can't continue that practice.
0: No, 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 no. Well, see, this is the thing. I mean, like I said, in the thing, the one worry I have going back to the COVID thing is, um, what happens in that period, uh, if mm. if biden does win you're gonna have three whole months it's supposed to be they have that set up because everything everyone involved is supposed to be honorable so even if it's mm. a republican leaving office and a democrat coming in the the, the nearest they come to high jinx i remember when um, the clinton pe- the the clinton people are leaving and the george w bush were coming in the the rumor has that they took all the w's off of all yes
2: the, uh, <laughs> the that's that's
0: brilliant <laughs> That's brilliant. I love that. That's oh, a good
2: thing. Class. but
0: I somehow don't think the the, the Trump um, if Trump did anything like that, it, would, it might have a little more might be a little more serious than that. Like, you know, he'd more like set the laptops on fire um, before he left, you know. And uh, and th- the fact that he'd still be in charge for those three months is kind of scary, um, assuming he accepts the results in the first place. But um, I mean, that is a serious conversation. I hope he's asked the question straight out. I hope he's asked the question. They, they've kind of been hinting at it with him a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, just ask the question, if, it's, if, it's, if there's a definitive result on the night that Biden wins, win, will you accept it? And uh, see just, just to get him on the record and see what he says. Because what, what he's trying to play for now, he's hoping that on election night, when just the Republican states have been announced, it might look like he's winning, but there's still votes to come in in all the other states. Yep. And he'll get the Supreme Court to say, stop it now. Stop the counting now. And he's won. So, which is just, there's a lot that can still happen, you know?
2: Well, let me tell you about a nightmare I had uh, twice in the last seven days. Because uh, we keep talking about college votes, popular votes, all this sort of stuff. Um, my nightmare was the reverse. Now, I don't even think it's possible. I don't know. But that it's so close that Biden wins the college, but Trump wins the um, the popular vote. Mm. And that that's what opens up this Pandora's box. All of a sudden, the reverse of what happens last time, even though you know Hillary won the, the popular vote, you know, the reverse happens. And he, he do he does dirty protests, doesn't leave, demands a recount, all this sort of stuff, and everyone just throws their hands up at the whole procedure and says, just Let's just leave him, you know. I've had that nightmare twice in the last seven days. That would, well, now
0: I'm going to have it now for the next week. So, <laughs> uh, but uh, we'll, we'll see how it goes. Now, hopefully, hopefully it won't come to that. I mean, I'm working on the premise that uh, even if the numbers aren't the same, pretty much Trump is banking on getting the exact same voters that mm-hmm. he did in 2016. Uh, I'm not sure how many new voters he's going to guess. Um, on the Democrat side, we're just hoping that they fix the mistakes um, with with regards to complacency. A lot of people f- thought Hillary had it in the bag, didn't bother, bother to vote. A lot of them yeah. didn't like her as well. But um, a, lot of them, a lot of people, they're just like, yeah, will I vote? Ah, it's a bit of rain out there. I'm not going to bother. You know, it's, it's that kind of mentality. But w- with what's happened in the last four years, there's such a, a groundswell of um, daily news. It's just been a daily news that this guy has been president. And it, I, I, I honestly think more people will vote for him. I'd be surprised if Biden doesn't at least win the popular vote, get get numerically more votes. Now, whether that translates mm-hmm. into electoral college win is another thing altogether. Um, but, yeah, the, the um, Florida, your Florida number
2: was interesting today, yeah. your Florida number. that Things like that where you kind of, you automatically in your mind when you think of Florida, you think of old people retiring with money. Mm. And uh, and they're gonna vote towards a red red tie and, uh, and your number today was what did you say up by seven or something like that?
0: He, well in Florida he's up by two two
2: oh, up yeah, Florida
0: yeah. Florida's kind of always close. It's a funny state. Yeah. Um, they um, like for example, there's a you, they, they usually talk about the Hispanic community um, voting Democrat. But the fact is in uh, Miami, which is the, the, the biggest town, they're mm. all Cubans. And they're all Cubans that have fled Cuba to get away from the communism. So they're more right wing. The Cubans okay. tend to vote Republican in Miami. So it's a funny kind of state and it always shakes down. That's where all the craziness was happening back in 2000 um, mm. when, when, Gore, when Gore lost to Bush or in inverted commas lost to Bush. Um, so uh, Florida is going to be going to be close. But um, we're just going to have to see. But if there's other states like Arizona, which you'd expect to be uh, Republican, but that's gone five points now in Trump's Mm. favor. And they might even – lose. it looks like they're going to lose the Senate seat there as well. The Senate race, we might might look at that maybe next week or another week, talk about the U.S. Senate and uh, all the races going on there. Because whether or not – who controls the Senate after this election is going to be important as well. So uh, – Have to see yeah, no,
2: it's going to be it's going to be interesting because as we as you said and as we've said uh, as we lead up to the end here, like there's there's a lot of uh, it, I think the beginning of the Biden campaign there was damage control, damage limitation, then all the way up to the rebuild of states that were lost last time around. Without bringing up our our friend, um, you know, so he, I think the job they've done in general has been really really good. Uh, as as you've quoted in, in the numbers there today, the states that they lost, they're starting to come back a little bit. So. Now, again, we keep saying the same thing. He's got to be managed. He's got to, he's got to be on point. There's no time for any more gaffes, any messing around, none of that. He's got to hit the nail on the head. And then the the main event really is going to be once the debate starts. Like that's going to be, if he's able to shut him down in one debate, the first debate, it's all over. You know, you, you don't get a second shot at this. So... If he's, a, if he's prepared, whether they stick something in his ear like they did with, with Bush back in the day, allegedly, um, you know, if he can get through that first debate and show superiority, whether it's just nailing him on make upy stuff or challenging him on stuff that he's made up, uh, if he can do that, then all of this work is worthwhile. But if he, if he SH1Ts all over the bed, then we're in for another long four years.
0: Yeah, the debates. Debates are another thing that's coming up that's going to be very interesting. So uh, we're we're definitely going to be doing uh, doing prolonged episodes on that. I'd say. Um, but listen, we're going to leave it there. Um, it's great episode number. This this is the eleventh um, in our series. What I'm going to do is I I come up with a name for this last bit. I called it the mic drop. Um, I I finished the show with a uh, with a with a with a video that, that has to do with what we were talking about. And what I'm going to do what I'm going to have today is a clip from the governor of Michigan, Gretchen Whitmer, who's. Uh, come under a lot of attack from president trump because he's he, he wants to win her state but he's been giving out about her coronavirus response but she went on nbc and she was basically talking about how she's handled it and uh it's sort of an example of how a governor could or maybe even a president should be handling the situation from a public standpoint so we'll leave it there um so th- thanks for coming on kiko and uh anything to say before we go
2: everybody keep staying safe have a great week
0: Yep, that's it. And uh, thanks thanks for coming on, everybody. And until
1: next week, stay safe, everyone. Slán.
2: What are you doing to protect people in your state as we go into these possibly Uh, dangerous times
1: well joe we were rising at the same time that the city of new york was we're the 10th largest state in the nation and for a long time we had the fourth highest death rate and COVID now we are in the 40th position in terms of number of covid cases and our positivity rates are 3.7 which would be the envy of probably almost every other state in the nation but for a handful Um, the fact of the matter is we've made incredible strides we've paid a huge price for it too you know real sacrifice but with the vacuum of leadership in D.C., it's been on the nation's governors to take the lead. And our aggressive actions take off. We've saved lives. We're in a stronger position. But we know the weather is changing. And that's when we've got to be heightened concerns for a resurgence, second wave. And that's why we're promoting flu shots. We are continuing to be aggressive around actions that we're taking to preclude community spread. We have 30,000 tests a day, which is a phenomenal step that we've been able to build here in Michigan. But a national strategy coming out of Washington, D.C., and the resources to support our effort in terms of a force supplemental that we'd like Mitch McConnell and Donald Trump to get over the finish line would go a long ways toward protecting our economy and protecting the health of our people.